The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The National Cyber Security Centre has been asked by Minister Ushin Smith to draw up advice for the public on the risk of scams brought about by advances in artificial intelligence. Now, this comes as Italy has become the first Western country to completely ban the AI service ChatGPT. Uh, for more on this, I'm joined by tech correspondent with the Business Post, Emmett Ryan, and by John Clancy, CEO of Galvia AI in uh, Galway. Uh, so, good morning to you both. Emma, I'll go to you first. Uh, the Minister's concerns, uh, will you explain? Yes, certainly, Pat. Essentially, these technologies, you mentioned one of them there, ChatGPT, they've become particularly popular in recent months. But uh, the Minister, I was speaking to Mary this morning, he said he's concerned the public isn't quite as aware as they should be about how powerful these technologies have become. So an example he gave me was a case of where traditionally a fraud online, be it an email to you or a message to you, Pat, would have been one-to-one. Now it can be scaled to be done to thousands of people at once with realistic sounding language. So a classic example would have been, Pat, an email you might have got, you'd have been very obvious that the person, English wasn't their first language or they weren't, didn't know you. Whereas now with these tools, this concern is it's much easier for them to write more convincing language and be more convincing as a real person. So he wants to make sure the public is aware of the threat out there. A classic example of someone, uh, a scammer, getting it completely wrong was uh, someone uh, writing to me in Irish. Uh, Obviously, Google Translate uh, asked me to do X, Y or Z. um, But obviously, they looked up the language spoken in Ireland and saw both Irish and English, decided to be more, uh, I suppose, intimate with uh, their correspondent and write in Irish. But it, it showed it was done by scammers who really didn't have a clue about what is going on in Ireland. Exactly. Like, you know, now as a Gaelgor myself, I'm always delighted when I get Irish language spam. But you mentioned the intimate part there, Pat. And one of the things uh, Oshin Smith said to me earlier was that people tend to speak to these AIs in a more intimate sense and that they might tell them their financial secrets or their personal problems and seek advice in that respect, but that they might trust the machines too much of their own data. And with Italy, he said they're looking into the mechanism they used regarding the ban. Now, he's not, he didn't say anything to me about a specific ban themselves. We want to see what the method and rationale was, essentially, and look at what they can do on their side. And I know they're also the Data Protection Commissioner is also looking in that respect as well. So the, the ban in Italy, uh, how does it actually work? I, I mean, in terms of accessing any of these uh, apps for your phone or your desktop or your laptop, um, how does a ban work? Uh, very roughly, as I best describe it, Pat, because basically they tell the provider of the of the software, the servers, ChatGPT, so OpenAI in this case, that they can't access data from any Italian customers. The only way OpenAI can do that is to basically prevent its servers from accessing um, data generated within Italy's borders. The problem is, a classic example, is that people can get around these with virtual private networks, VPNs as they're known. They're quite often using people to watch uh, media they can't watch in their own native country, but they're also important security tools that are a legitimate tool out there. So there was a rise, I didn't see the exact image, but there was a significant rise in the purchase of VPNs in Italy shortly after it was banned. So people who still wanted to use ChatGPT were finding workarounds. Yeah. So uh, the idea, once you have it, uh, for example, on uh, your device, whatever that device might be, um, can they stop it even though you have it installed? Is it that the whole functionality of the app is somehow, uh, you know, stopped in Italy? Is that is that possible to do that, to take one app, uh, whatever it might be, and say this one, we're going to stop it happening? 
Uh, essentially, yes. Like, you know, now, like I said, there, there are ways around it, but fundamentally what it would mean is OpenAI, ChatGPT would go, right, we won't take any data from Italy, which means you might be in Rome or Turin, whatever, and you type in a query to ChatGPT and it simply will not react or won't respond because it has been told to not react to anything within those borders. But if I was in Rome, for example, and I said, uh, tell me about uh, the history of Macron's political career. Uh, and could it not draw on sources outside of Italy and produce an answer for me? It could, but the problem is it has been told not to, uh, <laughs> is the thing, because your query is coming from an Italian server. Okay. Uh, so th- we are not contemplating a ban at the moment. We're not contemplating the ban at the moment. And like I said, there'd be very practical issues as well. Though you mentioned the Macron political thing. That's one of the issues with ChatGPT in that accuracy has not been its best thing. If you're looking for help in baking a sourdough loaf, it's brilliant, by the way. But if you're looking to find out the most things you want to know about Pat Kenny or Emmett Ryan, it'll more often than not get things wrong about uh, both of us, uh, you know, uh, very, very quickly. Like I put myself into it once, Pat, gave me the wrong employer. I won awards that don't exist. And apparently I had to host a podcast I didn't know about. Very good. Uh, Congratulations on all your success. (laughs) All right. Look, thank you very much uh, for that, Emmett. Uh, Ryan, who's tech correspondent with the Business Post. Now, we decided to use it this morning, just a a little exercise, a very benign exercise, I have to say. Um, My producer, Mike Hogan, this morning, he has uh, young children. And, you know, one of the tasks that every parent has would be to tell the bedtime story. So he... uh, input this to uh, ChatGPT, uh, come up with a short story about a rabbit that lives in an office in Dublin in Ireland and always wanted to be a newsreader. And literally, we watched it unfold right in front of us uh, in just a matter of seconds. And this is the story. Once upon a time, there was a rabbit named Benny who lived in an office in Dublin, Ireland. Benny had always been fascinated by the news and he dreamed of one day becoming a newsreader himself. Every day he would hop up onto the desks of the office workers and practice reading the headlines from the newspapers that they were reading. But no matter how much he practiced, Benny couldn't seem to get anyone to take him seriously as a newsreader. The humans in the office would laugh at him and tell him that rabbits don't belong on TV. One day, a big story broke in the city and all of the newsreaders were busy covering it. Benny saw his chance and hopped up onto the desk of the most senior editor in the office. With all his might, Benny began to read the news. To everyone's surprise, Benny's reading was clear and articulate and he delivered the news with a confidence that belied his small size. The editor was so impressed that he gave Benny a chance to read the news on live TV that evening. And so, that evening, Benny the Rabbit became the first ever rabbit newsreader in Ireland. From that day forward, he became a regular fixture on the evening news, delivering the news with his trademark flair and charm. Benny had finally achieved his dream and he knew that nothing could stop him now. I put you to sleep, haven't I? (laughs) It's a good bedtime story. Anyway, that was produced in a matter of seconds uh, by chat uh, GPT. Now, listening to all of this is John Clancy, CEO of Galvia AI in Galway. John, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, there's the good, the bad, the ugly, the unpredictable, the nasty, and all of that about uh, artificial intelligence. I gave an example of the good, I think. Well, this is just, just to demonstrate like, the power of it, like what you did with uh, the story. Um, and I said I was coming on, the, uh, on News Talk on the uh, Pat Kenny show, and I said, can you write an introduction in the tone of voice 
of Pat Kenny to introduce the, the, the slot. And it came up with, you know, well, now, folks, let's have a chat about the pearls of AI or artificial intelligence, if you will. You see, AI has failed as the next great frontier in technology, but there are risks involved and we need to consider this. Now, first of all, f- folks, um, I rarely use that in a formal introduction and I hate the word chat. I like conversation, interview, whatever. But anyway, that's, um, I suppose, it's a, not a bad stab. The point is, it can be useful for all sorts of things. Uh, we put uh, one of Fintan O'Toole's articles, which, you know, several hundred words, and it reduced the article to about 50 words. And, you know, comparing its summary with Fintan's article, you know, it was a pretty accurate representation of what Fintan was writing for. So things like synopses, um, if we got a government press release in, you know, maybe 20 pages, uh, we might be able to get it to reduce it to more manageable, maybe one and a half pages. So I can see its usefulness there uh, for us in this business. Um, so, so it does have very positive attributes. It certainly does, yeah. So, uh, but wh- however, as you touched on earlier, you know, anything that can be done now from uh, like a fraud perspective will increasingly will be able to be done better and at scale with this type of capability. And it will be crucial that we as, a, as citizens and, you know, from a public and private perspective, continue to um, monitor, regulate and put some type of guardrails um, on from an ethical and a safety point of view going into the future. Now, what would might those guardrails be? I mean, the idea of going as far as Italy and banning uh, ChatGPT until, I presume, there's some sort of EU regulation and uh, some sort of maybe limits put on the applications of AI. Yeah, and the the EU and the EU Commission have commissioned a report on AI, the dangers of AI, that the Irish government, um, as part of their national AI strategy, um, are researching. Um, but when it comes to open AI, like irony is it is a closed AI. Um, this is a technology that is a black box, if you will, that nobody truly understands how they are doing this. All we know is that they have scraped the internet, which is they've just taken text from all over the world at a very large scale and been able to produce human-like responses to questions that are created. So with any technology, Pat, it's everyone's responsibility. And I wouldn't agree with the Italian step of uh, banning uh, ChatGPT. In order to understand the technology, you have to use it and you have to inform yourself. Um, It is everybody's responsibility. This is a technology that's here. AI is here. And we... We need to use it, I believe, to um, understand it. Yeah. Now, can, um, can you however, game uh, these uh, bots? I mean, the chat GPT and, uh, you know, there are obviously different iterations of it. Can you game it? Can you persuade it, for example, to be biased by uh, maybe programming in that it should always, for example, read right wing press or left wing press in its scraping of the Internet? Yes, you, you could. Um, and this is, you know, we've all seen this play out over the last couple of years in politics, where you can move people that are slightly leaning one way or the other um, and curate and feed them with data that you believe they would like to see. And an AI can definitely do this um, at scale. But I, I do think there is, uh, it is worth considering uh, AI experts from around the world, from Elon Musk to Steve Wozniak to 
um, you know, directors of uh, AI research institutes across the planet have asked for a pause on R&D for the next six months. And maybe that's something that we should consider and that the Irish government uh, and us as yeah. a country should consider. Okay, but the um, bad guys are not going to stop their research and development, whether they're state actors, uh, whether they're the Chinese, the Russians, the Belarusians, uh, whoever they might be, uh, they're not going to stop on the, at the whim of uh, a few Western developers. Uh, no, they're not going to stop. Um, but we need to, the pause should be for us to try and just understand a bit more. And like we have, we're lucky in Europe, we have very strict you know, GDPR regulations um, and that's why Italy have taken the step. But Canada have also taken the step to review this. You know, Ireland, France, Germany are also have this technology under review. They'll always be one step ahead. You know, uh, if anyone is looking at, as, as you said, the um, bad actors in this space, mm. they'll oh. always try and get one step ahead. But it's really important for us to take this time to uh, consider what are the future, not just chat GPT, which is the version we're on now, but what does ChatGPT5 look like? What if you're able to go text to video? If I'm able to create a paragraph and then push it to uh, an AI video that has me uh, giving that uh, talk um, or anybody or a, yeah. you know, a political leader, this has vast implications. And no more than being you know, quite uh, governed from a data perspective and putting in standards and certifications um, and accountability on the companies that are delivering this technology. It's already in place in the world that I operate in, in the enterprise world, and it needs to be in place at a more general level, because that's what we're talking about here. Generative AI, you know, general intelligence, trying to mimic human behavior. All right, John, thank you very much for that. John Clancy, CEO of Galvia AI in Galway. And uh, speaking of, you know, fake news and fake imagery and so on, I mean, people who were watching Fox TV might have thought that what they were seeing unfold before them uh, was complete fake uh, by somebody. But no, it was real. Um, Donald Trump was on Fox. He was interviewed by the pretty discredited Tucker Carlson. And he's been mocked uh, for that interview because he claimed that people were actually crying when he was arrested and arraigned in New York court. Now, as you know, he's pleaded not guilty to 34 counts of falsifying business records over the hush money payments. Um, But he claimed during his interview with Tucker Carlson that people were weeping in anguish for him as he was arraigned. This is an excerpt from their conversation. Last week you were in New York for this arraignment. The world watched it. You've not given an interview since. You were there, I think, 57 minutes. Tell us from your perspective what that was like. Well, it was a horrible thing because I did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. You look at even the pundits and the legal analysis, Greg Jarrett, all of these really talented people, they're saying he didn't do anything wrong. So that's number one. Number two, they were incredible. When I went to the courthouse, which is also a prison in a sense, uh, they signed me in. And I'll tell you, people were crying. People that work there, professionally work there, that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody it's tough tough place and they were crying they were actually crying they said i'm sorry uh, they'd say 2024 sir 2024 and tears are pouring down there is i've never seen anything like the whole those people are phenomenal those are your police yep those are the people that work at the courthouse they're unbelievable people uh, 
Many of them were in tears or close to it. Uh, many apologists were sorry, sir. We're sorry. They had to have me do certain things. They said, sir, I, I can't believe I have to ask you. I can't even believe that I have to ask you to do it. You could see. So in one sense, it was beautiful because they get it. Uh, in another sense, you know, it's nasty. I went to the Wharton School of Finance. They didn't teach me about that. That wasn't they, like they in the cards. About the no, arraignment that part? They, that wasn't, that wasn't, we didn't have a class on arraignment. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump makes grown men cry. Well, he's made me cry a few times, so maybe I shouldn't be too surprised. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.